Yes, indeed, Miss Kaylin Ray. Oh my lord, uh, <laughs> White Claw wasted. <laughs> uh, we played a, a selection of songs, uh, including uh, the two from her Miss Kayla Ray most recent release, which is Extreme Isolation, Economic Crisis, and Other Funny Things, <laughs> which is such a great title, and it really gives you a glimpse of her keen sense of humor. Uh, and uh, before that was one of my favorite tunes off of Yesterday and Me. Yesterday and Me was a, a 2018 release of Miss Kayla Ray's. And we started off the program with If Freedom Is What We're After, uh, another song off uh, Songs of Extreme Isolation, Economic Crisis, and un- Other Funny Things. And uh, we have Miss Kayla Ray as our honored guest today on the Sweethearts and Badasses of Americana and Beyond. Want to make sure you're there and we get our levels. Are you there, Miss Kayla? I am. I'm um, traveling. I'm just about to pull off, so hopefully you'll be able to hear me a little better. Yeah, it sounds great. It's a great level. Thank you. And I, th- okay. and I know you're on the road, um, so I really appreciate you making this happen. And thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, yeah, no problem. I'm happy to be here. Well, how are Thanks you, Miss Gypsy, today? Where are you calling from? We are good. We are in Wisconsin today. Um, we're headed to a show outside of uh, Springfield, Illinois. We played in Clinton, Wisconsin last night. Oh, was and that the gig with uh, Aaron? It was. When we had so much fun. I I don't get to do that with her often enough, but we did. We played two nights this week together, so that was it. Was a great time. Very very cool. We love Aaron Enderlin here, and that's so cool that you got to uh, hook up and play there. And you're on the road. Uh, you know that that compart that family. It's like a chosen family of y'all, Texas, Oklahoma singer songwriters. From what I gather, um, you know, I first came across your music with uh, Southside of Town with Jason Eady. And, oh, yeah. Uh, I know he's such a great uh, cheerleader, supporter, uh, him and Courtney both. And um, it seems like there's such a strong, you know, everybody lifting everybody up, supportive vibe there with y'all. Would you, I mean, uh, can you describe that relationship kind of with Jason? Well, there's oh, yeah. Slotsky and, and, and not Slotsky, Slotsy. <laughs> <laughs> Man, everybody does that. He should have just gone on and added an extra K-syllable to his name. Um, Man, they they have been really, really great. Um, Years ago, uh, I started, I tour managed for him. And I I just jumped in the van. I was 20 years old and didn't know what I was doing at all. And he was so patient. And and he's kind of, we were all learning together, you know. I mean, I've been at this 12 years now, showing my age. But um, I was going to school for commercial music management and, um, he, he had just he just divorced his previous wife, and he and Courtney just started dating probably six or eight months after I started. And so it's been so fun to watch them develop and grow over the last 10 years, too, you know, both wow, together yeah. and independently for their careers. But, it, well, I mean, those were just some of the, the greatest memories uh, that I've made traveling to date, really. And I, I'd never traveled out of state prior to working with him and I, I toured with them and like open shows and sing duets and then do all the tour management stuff I did that for two or three years when they were out full band um, and I would play acoustic and he produced my first two records and it's still a, a big part of, of everything I just sent him some tracks to listen to just a couple weeks ago um, you know so I they're they're great and everybody really is pretty supportive it, I have noticed that sometimes when you're coming up it, it feels a little bit like a 
like a hierarchy system or, or clicky, but really I, I've been surprised to find that most creatives are pretty shy and keep to themselves, but once you kind of get in it and you're around everybody more often, everybody's just so sweet. And I think it, there's the awareness of the idea that what is the thing, you know, like rising water floats all ships. And uh, it's, it's and it's a lot more fun when you get to have your friends around. <laughs> so everybody just, we all kind of try to clump together and, and make music, um, which is, is nice because I know that's not the case in every scene, but I feel really lucky to be a part of that one. It is really cool to, to witness, you know, as a listener and um, music promoter, kind of to see the the organic growth of each of y'all. And when I when I hear you speak of this, it sounds like you kind of have to put in some time, too. I mean, they'll take oh, you yeah. under your wings, but you're doing the work. I mean, you that's a lot of work to, to kind of wear all those hats. Just new, you know, being just new to the business or, you know, to the tour management and opening and all that and it's so patient um i'd like to give folks a little if you wouldn't mind um just a a brief uh bio kind of i know you're i believe you're from waco correct Mm -hmm. waco texas and um do you have a family connection to the uh familial connection (laughs) familiar connection to the gimbal family um we are not related but i sure claim them um dick gimbal was he taught at the community college in town and I actually met him through Tommy also who is just uh-huh. a legendary guitar player. He yes. was one of the original crickets um, with Buddy Holly and by just a total fluke thing, I got to go as a guest to this Western swing camp and I must've been gosh, 17 or so. And a lot of those kids came up playing fiddle for years. You know, I mean, I didn't, I loved Western swing music, but I didn't have any formal training at all. And so I felt, really nervous now to play and the songs that I was playing at the time I mean I was a pretty fresh guitar player and it was all you know like Hank Williams and Kitty Wells which is cool but it was not staunchly traditional western swing Bob Wills kind of stuff and right. so I just knew that I was going to embarrass myself and <laughs> I, Tommy also ended up being my guitar instructor which made me just fall out on the floor you know <laughs> was, wow. I would just make me twice as nervous um, but he was so sweet and he and a fiddle player another instructor Bob Boatwright they both were Texas Playboys at different times, and um, they just were so good to me. And w- during the camp, we would jam during the day, and then at night, they let me come and be a, be a part of like the growing up after hours jam. And I, <laughs> I just sat like a fly on the wall, and you know, had homemade wine for the first time ever. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it, I just remember that they were so nice, and they they'd ask where I was from. I told them I was from Waco, and they said, "When you get home, you need to look up Dick Gimble. He can he'll really help you. He teaches." Um, commercial music at the local community college and I was planning to go to that community college anyway I thought I would be a teacher because I had some really great educators and you know I just kind of wanted to pay that forward um, some because that it was a, a real necessity in some stages of my life but I met Gimbal and I just I called him I looked up his number in the phone book and I called him and he was so nice and he and his wife Marilyn met me for coffee and I wanted to record a little demo that will never see the light of day but <laughs> I wanted to record a little a little EP and um, I took my little day planner in there you know it was working I don't know what they expected but they always they still tease me about being just like a little old lady coming in there with my with my organizer you know um, <laughs> but we re- we recorded that project and I paid for it working in a dry cleaners and they were he was just so patient and so good to me and I like I said I'd planned to go to school that fall to be an educator and he was he was like absolutely not you know as well as I do that's not where your heart is and and they have such a great commercial music program at MCC, so I, I went to school for commercial music management, 
there, which is, you know, the precursor to taking that ED gig. And I took performance-based classes, but Dick was always really adamant about creating a person that is not just a chick singer, somebody that is able to eliminate the middleman for as long as possible and as many different facets of the business as possible. And I love that idea. Um, And so I, I just, I latched onto it and they've been just, he's just been a huge mentor for me through the years and, and is always willing to share an opportunity. And, and I got to play, you know, with them some when Johnny was still alive with their family band. And that was just crazy, you know, even some holidays and stuff of sitting across the, Thanksgiving supper table from Johnny Gimble was pretty wild. So, <laughs> so we're not related, but they certainly have been very, very good to me. Well, it's part of that chosen family thing, I think. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I, I got lucky. I don't know. I don't know if they feel that way, but I certainly. Oh, do. I know they do. So, so serendipitous and like just, just like meant to be. That's that's so cool. The great little story. Uh, you are a great storyteller. <laughs> um, I love. Uh, is there storytelling in your family or you just hang out with storytellers or you just, I know you, it's like, it feels like a natural knack. Man, it's some of both. I think my grandmother was just an excellent storyteller and she would go to any expense to chuck you in just to, you know, kick you in the teeth at the very end with the punchline, you know, or what, <laughs> whatever the thing was. And she was so good at timing and diction and I, I, I'll never be that, but she uh, she was so great at it, and I find so much joy in it. And I love, you know, usually songwriters are are pretty good storytellers too, especially in the late night jams when they get everybody a little drunk, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I I love to study it, and and lately when I've been touring alone, I listen to a lot of like Carol Burnett era stand up, her and Dick Cavett, <laughs> just some of the. Oh, I mean, I, I'm such a nerd for it, but I it's just a it's a fun study for me, and it's and it's. That's the joy of, of a song, I think. Now, sometimes I think I can get carried away, and if the song's not good enough to tell its own story, then I've failed. But um, I, I love, I love all of it, every part of it. Well, it sure comes across in your music. You know, your music. Well, you've got uh, extreme isolation <laughs> songs of <laughs> songs of extreme isolation, economic crisis, and other funny things. Which it looks like it's. Uh, I've read some glowing reviews, and what's that reception been like? from your end i it's been it's been pretty good i didn't know what to expect because you know that was my covid project and i took the picture with a (laughs) pawn shop camera and somebody's basement and a timer and just ran around you know ordered the hat on amazon um i it was just all my brother did the artwork and the bulk of the recording really is just myself and one player jeff queen except for um that if freedom is what we're after we we added some other pieces but actually Jeff is playing everything except for the drums and Pat Mansky who produced and engineered it came around and played drums so um, it was just a really small project just to maintain some sort of creativity that I could sink my teeth into you know I I didn't realize how necessary I think that was for me to have any sort of balance prior to that Um, so I you know I kind of just thought putting that into the world is already a plus um, so if it were to have any kind of reception, it would be great. And, and it really, I'm, I'm always surprised. I mean, like last night we were up here in Wisconsin and there were people that knew those songs, which just blows my mind. So <laughs> I, I don't have a complaint. Yeah. That, and uh, what I love about uh, so many of the, yours included, many of the releases that came out of that uh, period of time, how, uh, well, it just continues to be uh, important <laughs> and significant uh, as even as times change, those themes uh, remain relevant. You know what I mean? 
sure. I was a little bit fearful of it because, especially the title was so specific. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, that is true, and I'm, I'm glad for it. I didn't. There are some times that it's like, man, if I've just been infiltrated by media, the last thing I want to do is, you know, get on stage and even say the word quarantine. And I have found that to be, um, and it, it's just a night by night kind of thing because I definitely don't want to just keep rubbing everybody's nose in the fact that we all been through this massive change together but um for the most part i think that a lot of it is just very human so i've been lucky in that way but yes. yeah I, I would agree that some of it has remained pretty you know this the content overall well I, how many uh, all of us from time to time still uh whether it's in quarantine or not experience isolation and economic crisis uh, well sure regardless of, of what's happening you know um in our community health uh, I would like to move on to what's exciting to me is what's well, all exciting. Uh, the uh, your new you got some an album coming out and it looks like man you crushed that crowdfunding goal. Congratulations! That is crazy. I've cried over that so much. I, don't, I mean that's such a huge thing to ask of people, um, and I I had no idea what to expect. I I'm really really thankful for that. We went in the studio to kind of start tracking just within a week or two of getting that goal. And unfortunately, that we kind of had, um, I was wor- I was working with some with Walt Wilkins, and, and I love and respect Walt very, very much, but I think we just had two pretty different ideas for the way the project should go, so we've kind of had to redirect, but um, I'm excited about about the new direction, and it was all very amicable, and, uh-huh. and I'm, I, I remain a huge Walt fan, but um, anyway, my... We call him Nooch, my friend Giovanni Carnucci. Well, we there, know he Nooch here. What's that? We know Nooch here. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> so Nooch is going to produce my record, and I am thrilled about that because I just, I've hired him some for my project, and I've toured with him with Jason, oh, and um, and I've loved um, some of the records that he, he made a great record with that Mount Zach Aaron, my friend, and I, I, we had talked about that some before I, um, I mean, years ago, and I just, I don't know. I don't know why I really uh, veered from that, but but I just took some time after those sessions with Walt and got really still and quiet and, and just wanted to be sure I was making a good decision because I I don't take that crowdfunding thing lightly. I really want to make everybody proud. Um, I do think that the we're going to start tracking with Nooch at the end of this month, and because of that, it's put the deadline back a little bit. Um, but we'll we'll still release a few singles by the time that we were hoping to release the full record, which is coming up pretty quick. Um, we're shooting for mid-September okay. with that. So um, it, it's still coming, but I, I am a little bit uh, bummed to say that it'll be later than, than I hoped. Well, but it'll but be done. I'd rather get it right. Than, it'll be done in the way that you, you know, you envision it, which is, it's just important. And I, I love that you honor that crowdfunding um, because I can only imagine how, Oh, a moving, emotionally moving that would be to see that support in the dollars. You know, we can all say we love you, Kayla, but when you see it in money, um, that's that's impressive. Especially in the middle of a recession. I mean, it was already felt a little funny to even ask it, but I, people kept approaching me, which was very nice, um, to the point that I thought, like, okay, you know, I, if that's something that y'all we'd like to do together, then... I'll create a platform and we'll just see how it goes. But I, yeah, I definitely don't take that lightly at all. And, you know, if I make a record and it's not what it should be, I'd rather go down swinging, doing everything I could to feel sure that it's, it's, you know, kind of 
pointed in the direction that I had in mind rather than, you know, anyway. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, I'm hopeful it's going to be going to be all right. I, I know it will, uh, especially, uh, you know, uh, love Nooch. What a great, he's another great cheerleader and connecting all your folks. I'd for, kind of forgotten I'd seen a couple uh, maybe Facebook things with uh, Zach Aaron and you. Uh, did you do some co-writes? Do I remember that? Yeah, we did. Um, he he actually co-wrote a song on uh, my last record. Um, it's called May the Iron Horse Get Fed. And then I, he and I co-wrote, I think, two songs on his previous record. Um, one was Shelter of the Storm. Really? I'm having trouble. Yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. Uh, I've played, I've played a lot of uh, uh, Phil Dirt Wanted and um, and then Iron Horse. That's really really cool. I'm just making that connection now. There's some really you know your your appreciation of the history and hi- music history, country music history. It, it is so righteous, and I love your little tagline: uh, "Peace, love, and hag." <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> um, what else do you I'm need? A, you know, pardon. I said, what else do you need? That's, that's, that's the benefit. Don't it? <laughs> it certainly mm-hmm. does. Um, you know, I was really impressed the last time I saw you, uh, which is pretty, I can imagine, like, you, your musical jukebox, as uh, many skilled uh, singer-songwriters are, uh, people can throw out, you know, re- you were taking requests. And I said, I'd like to hear some Roger Miller, and I'll be damned, you pulled out One Dying and a Barian. Oh my gosh, I love that song so much. I, I just, I like stood there, sat, sat there, slack jawed. What? You just played my absolute favorite <laughs> Roger Miller song that many folks kind of call it a deep cut. I, I never saw it like that. But um, I'm one, curious, what other artists inform your art? Oh man, a, a bunch. I I just, I love it. But, um, you know, Tammy Wanted and, I mean, obviously Haggard for sure. Um, but any of the, I mean, especially that country politan era crooner, just uh-huh. kind of, you know, just that's about it for me. Um, and, you know, certainly, I mean, all the, the Mount Rushmore things, you're supposed to say Willie and Waylon and all that, you know. I right. mean, it's just really the fiber of the way that I grew up. My grandparents were always listening to great country music, and it was just kind of that or nothing else in our house. Or like the Stamps Quartet, you know, like just um, <laughs> Southern Baptist gospel kind of stuff. Um but just even those, like all the, the rhythmic quality of those and the way that they like will syncopate certain things in different parts. Um, just I, I'm just infatuated with, with all of it. My grandmother too, she loved Hank Thompson and um mm. that it was it was very swing oriented stuff, but he he was a Waco guy too. So just the you know, country music from about our you know, I say like I don't know, the late fifties to the early eighties, that that whole thing, I just kinda just jumped in as as far and wide as I could, um, and and you know lately I've certainly been listening to a lot of my peers, you know, and listening to more Americana stuff. But that is the era that has my heart, no doubt about it. I hear you. Uh, speaking of having your heart, I you mentioned Waco again, and I uh, played uh, Friday night um, Dale Watson because he was here in town last night. Um, his uh, <laughs> where you do you want it? Do I recall right. you? How, I think I remember a, a story that you told, if it's um, radio friendly, uh, about your, was it your first gig at uh, Papa Joe's or how yeah. you, you want to share that with us? If Sure. That's where Billy Joe sh- shot yeah. that guy. Um, <laughs> and that guy's name was also Billy. So it's where Billy shot Billy, which I always thought was so funny. <laughs> but, 
I played my first ever paid gig at Papa Joe's there, and it was it's about six miles from where I grew up. And uh, I, I still today when I go home, that's the only place I play at home, unless it's like a a city gig or a theater gig. I I just um, not that I mean so many of the venues in Waco were. I mean I played I played that circuit many 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 years, um, but Papa Joe's is just very very special to me. They've been a part of every project I've ever done, and they've got a group of them now. They've all got matching T-shirts called the Papa's Mamas. <laughs> they come out to shows, you know, just kind of c- come in a clump and surprise me. But um, they they are great. That I, I'll never, you know, the story ever changes about the Billy Joe Shaver experience there. But the funniest thing that I remember is that um, I, I was not there when that happened. That was a little bit before my time. Sure. But but it was close enough when I was there that you you know every 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 person in that bar has a different version of what happened. But the bathrooms in Papa Joe's, there's one women's room and one men's room, and that's it, one holers. And when the police came, like, everybody was really like, the law come around there anyway, you know? And so <laughs> the cops showed up, and 43 people were in the bathroom and didn't see anything at all. <laughs> Which is great. <laughs> I didn't see nothing, officer, else in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Hilarious. Uh, that's yeah. That is the story of legends, and and the Billy Joe Shaver rest rest his soul is is our legendary honky tonk hero for sure. Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, dang it, it is time for us to wrap up. Um, I would like you, if you would please, uh, set up. I would like to close with Tree of Life, which is one of my favorite tunes from uh, Songs of Extreme Isolation. If you could set that song up for us, and uh, then we'll go out with that, and also. Uh, throw in there let us know how folks can um, find you follow you if they want to see you here in a couple weeks we can't say where you're going to be but they can find that information out and you help them direct there you would sure Um, all the tour dates are at com, and you can follow on social media but the website is where all the grown up stuff stays pretty current so I suggest that um, (laughs) for for anything uh, consistent or useful Um, and yeah Tree of Life is the first track from that record and um i just think that it's all a lot more simple than we are are being led to believe i think that it's just as easy as you know and complicated as, as being as kind and autonomous as possible and that's just kind of the message of that tune but uh, i really really appreciate y'all having me and i i'm looking forward to being up your way in a couple of weeks all right well i'm gonna see you that night and uh we'll just stay in touch and maybe make a in studio at some point if we can make that happen Cool. That All right. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Be safe out there and uh, give Gypsy a little scritch behind the ears for me. <laughs> All right. Okay, y'all. This is uh, we've just been listening to Kayla Ray, and we are going to close with her song "Tree of Life" off of Songs of Extreme Isolation, Economic Crisis, and Other Funny Things. <laughs>